morning, everyone. Afternoon, sorry, everyone. Welcome. It's so good to see you. My name is James. Uh, I have met. I'm on the team here um, as a pastoral assistant for discipleship and outreach, and it's so encouraging to see so many here um, wanting to find out how we can play our parts in caring for those on the margins. And it's a great privilege to have Rob Hooks here uh, to speak to us on that. And um, Rob, as well as being a member of our congregation, is married to Sandy. Um, he works for LCM, London City Mission. So you may have, if you were at the prayer meeting a few weeks back, uh, you may have seen Rob up on stage, been interviewed by Josh. Um, I know Rob personally from going to Brixton Prison together. Rob was a great help when we started going doing Alpha there. Um, and yeah, Rob, that's part of Rob's work is going into Brixton Prison as well as Camp for the Homeless. And you can t- um, tell you more about that. Um, but yeah, it's a great privilege to have um, Rob with us. Um, Rob will um, obviously be speaking on this topic, but also he wants to know what you guys think. So do feel free to um, engage in discussion. Um, there'll be a chance to be interactive as well. Um, yeah, and, and then we'll, be, we'll make sure we're done by three. And at three, um, at that point, it'd be great if we could just uh, either head outside or head to the lounge for cake or whatever, um, because this one we need to turn around for one of the activities. Um, but I'll just say a prayer and then uh, all over to Rob. Yeah, Lord God, we thank you um, for your heart, Lord. Your heart beats um, for each and every one of us, Lord, and each and every person in this whole world, even those in the margins. And so, Lord, we pray that you would um, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Be at work in us now and through us. Speak now through Rob. And may you empower us um, to play our part in caring for those in the margins, to build your kingdom here by your Spirit for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Right. Hi, everyone. Um, Just to tell you a little bit about myself, uh, James already said that I'm married to Sandy. We have three sons, Micah, Joel, and Matthew. So two prophets and a tax collector. And And, um, we like the biblical names. And we have two daughter-in-laws, Haley and Ingrid. Uh, Haley's Australian, Ingrid's from Spain. So very multicultural as well. And we have three grandkids as well. And um, as you probably tell from my accent, I come originally from America. And really my story is, um, really I come from a a broken home. I was brought up in foster care and children's homes. And um, I I think that maybe, you know, uh, through my experience with God, um, it's really kind of cemented in me just a heart for those who are the most marginalized in society. So that's been kind of my thing over over almost 40 years of ministry, of, of reaching out. So I started, I came over this country to Belfast in the early 1980s to where I was working with a church in East Belfast with guys wanting to come out of um, Protestant and Catholic paramilitary groups. So um, working with a pastor there, uh, who had a, we had a safe house there for guys who were in, in hiding. Um, that's where I met Sandy, my wife, um, I came to work with London City Mission in 1987, um, and um, I, I became a missionary then. And so my whole career really has been working with homeless people, uh, uh, prisoners, ex-prisoners, um, and, you know, and it's been quite a journey for me um, in, in doing that. Um, but... Let's get some, I want this to be as interactive as possible. We don't have a lot of time, unfortunately, so time is not our friend. But um, I just, when we think about the marginalized, um, what sort of comes to mind? James is going to jot a few of your answers on the, on the flip chart. But what comes to mind when you think about um, people on the margins or the marginalized? Just shout it out so we can hear. Drugs. Drugs, people who are, who are addicted to drugs. Yeah. Sorry? Homeless. Homeless. Homelessness. Isolation. People in isolation, such as, can you qualify that? I guess it could be like, um, I don't know, elderly people. Elderly yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Extremist views. Those with extremist views. Again, do you want to explain a bit? So either the very far left or the very far right. Mm, feel, feel isolated, isolated from the, from the middle. Yeah. Okay. Refugees. Refugees. Good. Any others? Disability. Sorry? Disability. Those with disabilities. Yeah. Yeah. Mental health. Mental health. Yeah. Good. Well, there's probably others. But there's so many areas of marginalization. When we, when we think about 
um, the margin, you might want to think about a piece of paper, a sheet of paper. Um, you know, the, the margins of a piece of paper, um, we write sometimes on the margins. We um, think of the margins being people who are pushed to the side. You know, it's referring to a person who's being treated uh, or a group that's being treated in, in an insignificant way, isolating people. We've named a few of those just now. Um, people who feel disempowered. Um, someone on the margins might be treated insignificantly. And um, I love this psalm in Psalm 60, 68, if I could just uh, read that to you. Um, and it's, it's a wonderful psalm that speaks of God's heart for, for those in those people groups just there. Psalm 68. Um, and I'm reading this from the... Um, Amplified uh, version from verse 5. He says, uh, God is a father for the fatherless and a judge and a protector of widows. Is a God in whose holy habitation God makes a home for the lonely. He leads prisoners into prosperity. Only the stubborn and rebellious dwell in the parched land. Oh God, you went out before your people and you marched through the wilderness. The earth trembled, the heavens also poured down it rain in the presence of God. You had, O oh God, sent abroad plentiful rain, and you confirmed your inheritance when it was a parched and weary land. So let's take a moment maybe just now to just reflect on our own experience of people who've been on the margins, people who who felt insignificant, people who felt... Um, pushed to the side and felt disempowered. You might want to just jot this down on a piece of paper if maybe you have a notebook or maybe just think for yourself and reflect about that experience with with the person on the margins. You know, was was that a, a positive experience? Or was it a negative experience? How did your how did that encounter that relationship with that person? How did that change you? Um, how did it change that person that you were in contact with? You know, in my my own experience with people on the margins, and there have been so many of those experiences. You know, the positive ones have actually been less about what I did for a person. You know, the stuff that I was able to do for them and more about the richness of the interaction I had with that person. And, you know, when I think about the, the negative experiences I've had, you know, honestly, it's been about actually about my own brokenness and um, my feelings of my inability to separ separate my own need to try and fix that person and make their situation better from what actually um, the Spirit of God could do through me. That's been a real learning experience for me. Um, um, let me tell you a little bit about someone that I had, um, who was a significant part of our lives as a family. Um, I met Martin um, in Brixton Prison, so I, I work at um, Weber Street Day Center of the London City Mission. Um, and uh, part of my time, I work in Brixton Prison, but there was a time where I was a full-time chaplain in Brixton. And one of the duties that I had was to, was to visit the hospital wing, and pretty much the hospital wing um, was full of people, mostly with psychiatric problems. And, you know, I, I don't think I've ever experienced a place where there was people who were so broken, um, just mentally, physically emotionally just broken. And um, that was my kind of one of the statutory duties I had to do is go around to the hospital wing. And I remember every, every day that I went around there in my visits, I would stop at the gate and I would say a prayer because I never knew what I would, would find. Anyway, I went into the unit and I was told that there was a man in a particular cell who um, was a severe self-harmer and that he had harmed himself quite badly the night before. And so I asked if I could see him. I wasn't told actually that he, that he had uh, hepatitis C and actually and um, HIV. Um, 
but I went into the cell door was opened by by the uh, by the prison officer, and nothing really prepared me for what I saw because there was Martin sitting on his bed, and there was basically blood everywhere over the floor, the walls on his bed, all over him, and there he sat on his bed, just despondent, just completely despondent um and I asked him if whether he wanted to come out and talk with the chaplain whether he wanted to whether I could speak to him and he came out onto the landing we sat down on two chairs and I thought what can I actually do for this man there's nothing I can really do there's nothing I could really say in this moment that can make um his situation any better than it is right now and so I just prayed for him I just asked him whether I could lay my hands on his shoulder and I just began to cry out out loud uh, to God for him. And sometimes we get to that place of complete hopelessness and we, we can't fix things for people. But what we can do is we can bring them before God. And, um, and that's what I did. I just cried out to God. And when I was finished, this man who was completely despondent just lifted his head and opened his eyes really wide. And he went, wow, like that. <laughs> And I said, Martin, what's wrong? And he said, he says, I don't know. If he spoke to me for the first time, he says, I don't know, but I felt some kind of power coming from you. And I said, Martin, that's the Spirit of God. That's the Spirit of God wanting to touch you and heal you. And that started kind of a friendship with this man that went on for 10 years. And uh, when he was released from prison, I had uh, um, permission from the security governor to be able to support Martin when he was out of prison he was uh, schizophrenic, he had personality disorders on top of HIV and hepatitis. And, and this began a long journey of, of me pushing back all the boundaries. This person, talk about the margins. This, this man was on the very margins of society, was just not accepted. And, and yet God had brought me into his life and he became a very special friend of, of me and my family. And, um, and there was some ups, there was some encouraging times. So uh, before he got out of prison, I remember sitting in his cell um, and we would read the Bible together. In this particular moment, we were reading the passage of scripture before Jesus' crucifixion when he was in the upper room and he, he girded himself and he, he um, began washing the disciples' feet. And we'd finished reading and we were just chatting about it and he got up off the bed and he went over to his uh, sink unit there and he got two bowls. They have two, uh, they're actually bowls and plates, plastic ones. He had these two blue bowls and he filled each, both of them up with water. And I said, Martin, what are you doing? He said, the Lord has told me to wash your feet. And I said, no, Martin, that's okay. You don't need to do that. <laughs> Um, but he said, no, the Lord has told me. And I said, all right, okay. So I took off my shoes and socks and, um, he put them on the floor and he got his soap, not the prison issue soap, but he got the good soap that he had bought on his canteen with his own money, dove soap. And he, and he wet my feet and began washing my feet, not just ceremonially. He was properly washing my feet. <laughs> he was going between the toes and everything, <laughs> lathering them up and then rinsing them with water. And then he got his own only towel, his bath towel, and began to dry my feet. And that was an extremely humbling situation to be served. I'd come there to serve him. And yet he was, he was reaching out and showing the love of Jesus to me. There was no doubt in my mind that this very, very troubled broken man actually had a very special part in, in God's kingdom and, and knew God's heart. And, and, and that went on for many years. And as I said, you know, I bended and broke all the boundaries that there were of, of what I tell people not to do <laughs> when they're ministering to, to marginalized people. I was doing that. And I just want to read a, a portion of scripture from Matthew. Um, and this is really the, the passage which um, sorry, from uh, Luke, rather. This is the passage that we're going to be really thinking about um, uh, today. And um, I'm not going to read, read the whole passage, but the, you know the gist of it, where Jesus has been in the desert for 40 days. He's been tempted and tested, and he's fasted. 
Um, and then he comes into Galilee, into his own hometown, and it says that um, he, he went into um, the place of worship as, as he was um, prone to do, as used to do, and he was handled the scroll of Isaiah chapter 61 and began to read. And he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, the Messiah, because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to announce release. This is the Amplified Version, by the way. Pardon and forgiveness to captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set free those who are oppressed, downtrodden, bruised, crushed by tragedy, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the favor of God abound greatly. Don't you love that Amplified Version? So, so, so verse, verse 14 says that Jesus just Jesus was sit, sitting there, and he's, you can imagine it. I mean, the Savior of the world, the one who Isaiah is speaking about, is sitting right there, and he's saying, this passage has come true in your hearing. It's arrived right now. And the Spirit of God was on Jesus. And just as Jesus was anointed with the Spirit, so we too, as Christ's followers, go with this transformative power of the Spirit of God on us to go and call, uh, go and care for those uh, on the margins of society. And, and in verse 18, um, you know, he um, echoes these words of the prophet Isaiah, you know, and in this reading, Jesus is describing his own mission, of course, to the marginalized. He's saying, look, this is what I've come to do. This is why I'm here. And he declares that the Spirit of the Lord is upon him and it's that he has been anointed to bring good news to the poor, release for the captives, sight to the blind, and freedom for the oppressed. But this announcement is not, it's not just a, a, a physical liberation for, for, for groups that, that we've uh, named here, but it's also about addressing the, the deeper spiritual and emotional needs of, of people on the margins. And Isaiah's uh, prophecy in verse 18 not only describes the mission of Jesus, but it also describes our call to action um, as, as his followers. As his followers, we are commissioned. The Spirit of God is on us to continue the work of caring for people on the margins. We're called to be his hands and his feet. We're called to be advocates um, in a world filled with injustice and oppression, poverty and spare, despair. And he wants to use the gifts we have. He wants to use um, the training we have, you know, as doctors and nurses and lawyers and social workers and uh, carpenters and all sorts of areas in which God has gifted, gifted us. And in verse 19, um, Jesus speaks of proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. This is, it's good news, good news that we have to share. And in a world where there's, we're just bombarded with bad news, that we have good news to bring to, to these people, to people who are on the margins. You know, every, every day in Weber Street Day Center, or every week, um, I, I get to share the good news of Jesus with, with our guests. Um, even on Thursday, you know, I was sharing a passage of scripture, just sharing the good news. And I actually got, a, they actually applauded me at the end of my talk. You know, it was such great news for them. And these are guys who, who are rough sleepers, you know, who, who come in with nothing. Um, and yet it's good news for them. Um, you know, may we, as the people of God, you know, take up God's call to proclaim a time of grace a time of mercy, restoration, that this is a time of God's favor. Let's take up the commission to extend compassion and love and support to, the, to those who are marginalized. You know, the, the forgotten um, in, in our society. Um, so here's a couple of questions um, that we can just um, ponder upon, that we can just ask ourselves. Um, ask yourselves, how can I 
be more yielded to the Spirit of God in my life? How can I do that, God? How can I be more yielded to your Holy Spirit and caring for people who are on the margins? And maybe just ask ourselves, you know, am I willing to step out of my comfort zone and take risks? You know, it, it is risky and it is messy um, sometimes. Uh, awkward, you know, working with and reaching out to people who are on the margins. You're engaging with people who feel pushed to the side and disenfranchised. You know, it's not enough uh, for us simply to acknowledge it today. Yeah, there are people who are pushed to the side and marginalized. God wants us to work towards dismantling the structures that keep them there. You know, we're, we're going to discuss in a, in a couple of minutes um, just ways, just ways that, you know, that we can practically, um, you know, integrate and reach out to people who are, who are marginalized. And we've got some different groups that you might be able to, we'll be able to form here in the room and just get some ideas and come back and feedback. And I'm thinking in, in those terms of, you know, as a church, as HTC, what can we do um, as the family of God at HTC um, to, to, to do that? But first, there are practical ways in which we personally um, can begin to do this. There are lots of ways we can live out this calling that Jesus has on us. So we can volunteer our time and our resources to things like night shelters. So HTC is part of a network of cold weather shelters that happen every, every year. Yeah. And they happened last year. And that's usually from, you know, around November until March the following year. There are food banks local food banks, organizations that support marginalized communities like London City Mission, who I work with. And if you're interested in, um, if you're interested in volunteering at Weber Street, um, I know Sarah's come for a morning to, to, to try, but the, if that's something that you'd like to do and you've got the time to do that, um, speak to me later. But there are or other organizations too. It may be legislation is your, your gifting or your training now, we can be the ones who can be advocates for fair policies and laws that protect the rights of the marginalized. Maybe God's calling you to do that. And just, just generally, you know, right here in HTC, you know, we can be the ones that help to foster an environment of inclusivity, to, you know, so it becomes a place where people feel included, they feel valued, and they feel loved. And, and let's not forget that this journey is not, we're not doing this journey on our own. But as I said, you know, the Spirit of God has anointed us. The Spirit of God is with us and guiding us and empowering us. So, you know, may we embrace this calling with open hearts, you know, extending love and compassion and support for people who are on the margins. And, and we do that by becoming vessels of God's grace. Uh, transforming lives and embodying the true spirit of what it means to be a Christian. So for the rest of the time, which is about 25 minutes, and that's not long at all, um, we, we, I'd like us to really, uh, we're going to give you out uh, uh, a sheet of, of paper there. And um, I've got eight, eight different groups. And I just thought that maybe you could just I mean, there might be some groups you feel more inclined to, to join, but it, in, in this situation, maybe we could just um, generally just gather in the groups who are around you, maybe three or four people. Um, and um, so, so I have things like hospitality and welcoming, community outreach and service, mentoring and discipleship, supportive programs and resources, um, advocacy and awareness, partnerships with community organizations, spiritual care and counseling, empowering and empowering marginalized voices. And on each one of these, there's an explanation of maybe to get you started and just come up with some ideas and then maybe quickly we could feedback. So I'm gonna give you maybe 10, maybe 15 minutes um, to do that. So if, if we could just have some help.
yeah. um, handing those out sporadically, and then just just get around uh, together with a few people like around you. Mm -hmm. like and I and I just want to say, yeah, when we're finished, um, in case I forget to say this, that whatever we've discussed, whatever answers we come up with, that I promise that I will pass it on to the relevant person at HTC. It's not going to just stay in this room and th say, oh, that was a nice exercise. But it's something that I would really put into a, a letter to, to someone to really, um, so we can really go forward with Good some of the ideas. Rob. So that's important. Okay. Right. Thanks so much, Rob. Yeah, so do turn to people around you um, in groups and move chairs around things. Um, you have a piece of paper like this and also a bigger piece of paper like that if you want to drop things down. Did you want to be writing on those big sheets of my idea was on the tra on the chart paper, but they could write it on the back of that. Yeah, I was gonna say a chart paper, but it might be easier just to write some ideas on the back of that paper and then have one person as your spokesman. Spokesperson. <laughs> So it was a sense of me backpedaling with my boundaries. And that's really hard once you've read the question. So I wrote him a letter. I wrote him a handwritten letter. I sent it to him and I said, look, Mark, you know, I genuinely love you. I care for you. And I want the best for you. And I explained why. And I said, if you want to contact me, I'm a web I learned so much about myself. Yeah, you can see it. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the link though. Because I know the job is still open. Uh, I think I do. I have I do email address in Give me your number. Um, right, thanks. I just wondered how, how you want to do that, like in terms of just if people do have questions about um, you know things that HSC do. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to answer any of those kind of questions. Okay. Uh, I'll yeah, just call out but, the groups and say. Yeah, but if not, you can if they're just general stuff. Yeah, yeah, feel free to obviously answer. Okay. But if there's like, if there's like, um, why doesn't HTC do X? You know, I can, I can, I can, I can, I can yeah. Um, great. Uh, okay, you've got about uh, three or four minutes left. Thanks. Um, and yeah, and also like, yeah, I'm happy to chat more. Like, if there are things that come up. Mm -hmm. like, and yeah, me and Rose as well. Like, yeah, it's things like you think, oh, we can do this or whatever. Next Thanks, Barney. Yeah, good to see you at rugby, maybe. Uh, oh, oh, I've got to go. Good time in yeah. London. Yeah, see you soon. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Can I'm I, up for that. Yeah, yeah. I can console with it. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Send it to you, and then yeah, yeah. Do what you think is right with it. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, we can chat about it. Yeah, be nice to. Yeah, well, definitely, yeah, so it's part of the team, yeah. We, we yeah. could have a conversation about yeah. what we can be doing more. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Good to, yeah, come together. Um, yeah. So, so I, when I close, I'll also just say, like, basically something on the lines of, we do, like, compromise everything, but we'd love to hear ideas on how we can better care for those in the margins. Yeah. Stuff on the website, what we do, like homework club, seniors, what I do is practice guy, practice in prison. Right. Uh, just a brief book prisoners going in Sunday and Tuesday right. prison leave. So if you want to find out more yeah. on how you can help with that on Switzerland. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, Rob, are you happy to? Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, well, let's come back together um, and we'll just have a chat about uh, some of the stuff you've been discussing. Who, who had hospitality and welcoming? Okay. Let's just... Guys... Uh, just here, they're just here. Yeah, but yeah. Do you want to just share share some of the things you've been um, discussing? Sure. Um, so we talked about essentially having people from a, so a diverse set of people on the welcoming team. Okay. So maybe people coming from like so different walks of life, just actually serving on the welcome team, so that everyone sort of feels welcome, so that the initial sort of just that you get right when you come in isn't like sort of all middle class people of all the same, like everyone's sort of getting involved. I think cool. that also feeds into sort of the um, people that, it's like getting people to the front door was, was Bob's point actually. Like it doesn't matter really who you are, as soon as you come to that door, you feel mm. welcome at HTC, so it's a matter of getting people there. Um, and what else? Um, drawing blank. Um, part, what, Help her out, anyone? Yeah, so some, some of the mechanisms we talk about because when you get to the front door of the church, there's a lot of welcome and there's a lot of love and a lot of acceptance. Mm, mm. It's getting to that point. So what outreaches can you do? How can you partner with you know, other organizations like LC, mm. LCM and uh, et cetera? And can you offer things that draw people like advice or classes or that sort of thing? Okay. And I think the, the key thing is work out where the balance is because sometimes too much welcoming, too much love can be too overwhelming. Smothering, yeah. Right? And, and yeah, the authenticity, people need to want to feel authentic. Sure. They don't want to try and be someone else when they get there. Mm. And I think the other um, item that the question came up with is, we're doing this here in Windsor, which is great. Mm. Mm. Why don't we do something at the church, which then means people don't have to travel, don't have to you know, pay for a room. You know, they can actually do things on a, on a lower budget. Okay. They don't feel excluded. Okay. And, and, be able to and also be able to contribute <coughs> themselves to that weekend. Mm. So, you know, people have a lot to offer. So one of the key things we identify was, yes, you feel loved and accepted in the church, but do you feel valued? Do you feel as if you are able to Absolutely, add yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry, sorry to move you on so no, quickly. Yeah. Great, good stuff, yeah. Uh, community outreach? <laughs> community outreach, who had that? Yeah, that was us. Okay. Um, do you want me to read out the questions? Is that the thing? Uh, so? Just some of the things you discussed around okay. that, that um, ideas. 
So we were talking about, um, so it's about identifying needs in the community and providing support. And we were saying about um, using local census data to identify like groups and needs, um, but that, that this um, should be everyone's responsibility, not just members of the staff team. Mm -hmm. So kind of creating that sense of responsibility yeah. and ownership within the congregation. Mm. Um, and to make serving in the community part of being in the church. Absolutely. Uh, we were saying you know, there's a, an expectation to give, to serve within the church and get, get plugged in, get connected. Yeah. Um, and perhaps serving the community mm. is another arm of that. That's so good. Yeah, yeah, we kind of neglect that, don't we? And actually encouraging people to do that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, mentoring, discipleship. So how can we as a church establish a mentoring program to support individuals on the margins in the personal spiritual? Hello. Yeah. Um, so we were talking about using, um, linking up with um, resources that already existed. So not reinventing mm. the wheel, but okay. reaching out to charities who can train mentors. Mm. Um, and uh, so training mentors from the church and like, yeah, using resources more efficiently that way. Um, and then with the bottom one about like how can people from marginalized communities be empowered to become active participants in our faith community we said mm. kind of um, that might be a further down the line thing but also they might have core knowledge that we don't have of yeah. different experiences different groups that actually yeah. can really help us to be more efficient in mentoring people from those who have those experiences that we mm. don't have and kind of we could learn a lot in terms of empathy and supporting them and what they might need yeah, so true. I, that happens to me at Weber Street. Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. Thank you. Supportive programs so and resources. Us. That's us. So the first thing was we, we, we found it interesting you didn't mention, for instance, the Breakfast Club. Yeah. That, um, because that's actually a program that, that the church does really well. Yes. Um, that, and, and that's every week, right through yeah, the year. It's, it's every week. Um, and, and there's an opportunity not just to serve, but also, which is the other side of it that we felt... Um, was to actually communicate that a bit better to the congregation because mm -hmm. we thought that was actually quite a good illustration. Mm -hmm. But also to explain to people that really what's not needed is necessarily more people to dish out food, but actually people to give time. Sure. To sit down for an hour and a half, perhaps an hour, and actually just spend time with the people, listen to them. Mm -hmm. um, and that was, so in other words, we, we felt that it was to, to sort of re-communicate mm -hmm. what that is and what the expectation, because we thought that there was probably a, a, a huge well of opportunity within the congregation, if people know that it's actually, it's not, it's not huge, we're not expecting them to solve immigration issues um, or them to solve a housing issue, but actually to give your time and actually, because we thought you were demonstrating really well, um, when, you, when you give up your time in the presence of the Lord, you're actually making somebody feel worth your time. Um, so knowing, so we, so we had knowing what the resources are and providing um, people to point their ways to them. Um, so, you know, quite often it's the case of if you, if you need medical services, which was one of the other things, where do you go if you are homeless? There are places in London mm. that we know do that. Mm. And there are places like the Passage that actually have a GP. Mm -hmm. um, but we, um, have, we have a nurse also. Exactly, yeah. but we don't know that, you know. And, and actually yeah. having, having something that it's there so that when you get the question, you're able to say, actually, there is some practical help that mm. can be done if you go here and why, and this is how you do it. It sounds like yours is tying also into the mentoring and discipleship I stuff as well. To me... Well, I think to all of us, we felt they were all linked together. Yeah. Yeah. There's also some other, a lot of practical knowledge that in the congregation, not just on um, the immediate services or care to the, to the poor, but let's say a lot of support things, such mm -hmm. as um, banking and charity work, and lots of others, which, which actually, if you pulled it and it was better yeah. known, um, would, be, yeah. would be a really good resource. Um, that's Great. That's okay. It. Thank you so much. Really brilliant. Advocacy. I'd say that word. Thank you. Um, so it was advocacy and then educational initiatives to create awareness. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of starting bottom up, thinking about, first of all, addressing and acknowledging the fact that those who are marginalised in our congregation are brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. so not just engaging with them in terms Absolutely. of otherness. Mm -hmm. um, and then basically <coughs> having events that um, not only support them, but bring together um, both the support and the supported and kind of learning more um, intentionally through relationship with them first as to what we can actually really do that will help them both spiritually and practically. practically. 
Um, and then these events um, will hopefully then equip spiritual leaders who perhaps engage in policy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we kind of thought, as an aside to that, kind of using social media, spotlighting, speaking out, um, and then the events more kind of being ones that facilitate and give voice to marginalised in spaces that are occupied and attended by pol- the policy makers yeah. themselves. Yeah. Um, and then kind of on a very big, broader level, we kind of just said, well, actually, um, more budget should be allocated to the local government such that these projects and initiatives mm-hmm. that support groups, um, for example, um, Rathskeepers have better funding. But we kind of went mm-hmm. from down up um, mm-hmm. to try and think, actually, yeah. it's about learning through relationship what they actually need before hopefully equipping those who, who can make the changes do that. Right. Excellent. Yeah, thank you. Uh, partnerships with community organizations. Who that that? Thank you. Um, so we had more freely in, more freely available information about all of our partners and yeah. how people can get involved. Mm. So both um, greater visibility on the website, but also maybe a kind of get connected style stand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had uh, having connect groups have specific partnerships mm. with some of our partner mm. organizations mm. Um, and being able to serve as a connect group more regularly. Um, an audit of existing services, the service, sorry, so actually understanding how people within the congregation are already serving within the community. Mm. Um, but also maybe some kind of skills register on church mm. suites. I think yeah. that kind of links in a little bit with what you guys were saying, but if you are a lawyer or an accountant, then maybe there are skills that yeah. you could offer to some of the mm. partner organisations. Sweet, thank you, thank you. Spiritual care and counselling. Thanks. Um, so, um, yeah, we discussed very similar things to the other group as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're going to overlap, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. <coughs> we uh, particularly thought about um, how the importance of raising awareness about church's work and what is already available, because we weren't sure, actually. <laughs> um, and uh, creating regular groups such as Breakfast Club, um, so that people have a safe place where they come consistently, mm. um, relationships and feel valued and generally um, welcome people um, as everybody else and not uh, treat them as uh, somehow different. Yeah, yeah. Great, thank you so much. Uh, and lastly, empowering marginalized voices. That was us. I think we, uh, we did lock the subject a little bit, but we talked about um, uh, empowering people at two levels, firstly at the individual level, things like breakfast clubs where um, if someone from the church sits down and talks to one of the guests and gives them space to talk about their own story, that's mm-hmm. really kind of you know, empowering for them and makes them feel valued. But we also have an opportunity to um, to give them a voice on a larger stage and I'll talk about some of the work that the, the Truffle Trust yeah. has done. Yeah, um, very good. With us, like the National Prayer Breakfast and things like that. Mm. And we have opportunities at HTC, maybe Jacob can interview people from the front of the church or So good. About helping people with their documentation. Yeah. So that kind of goes slightly to what we've been saying about mentoring and discipleship and, and other things. So there are lots of people in the church who have skills um, that can, you know, just uh, two hours of your time to help someone fill in a form to get benefits mm. or to get a driver's license mm-hmm. or a blue badge or something like that, which might be inaccessible for them on their own. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so good. Thank you, guys. You did a lot of the hard work for me. So, yeah, please make sure I get back those sheets. And, yeah, as I said, I'll pass them on. And um, just, just a side note before James uh, closes. Um, just if you're interested, I've got some of these uh, A5 cards. Um, if you'd like to hear more about the work I'm doing with London City Mission and want to receive my, my newsletter, just um, take one of these. Fill that out on the right-hand side, tear it off. You can take the rest and give that back to me, and I'll make sure you get on my prayer list and my newsletter list. Okay? So otherwise, James? Um, Great. Thanks so much. I'll give a round of applause. Thank you.
so much, Rob. Um, yeah, so much. We only just scratched the surface. There's so much more we could say. And um, thank you so much for your engagement um, and discussion and feedback. Um, if you do want to chat more, uh, yeah, feel free to come to me right now. There's like, going to be activities and all that. But at any point, the weekend or any any time, really, um, come and speak to me. And Rosie, as well as our outreach minister, um, she's also a great person to talk to about this. Um, but yeah, as Rob said, yeah, do give the sheets in. Would love to sort of yeah take those ideas. I was making notes as well. There's so many good points being raised. We want to um, take on. Um, yeah, and just so on that, obviously we can't promise to do everything, but um, I heard someone mention about the website. Um, do have a look, yeah, on the website in terms of, I'm sure you already know, love your neighbour, that you can see the, the kind of crisis care course, all the stuff we do. Um, there's things like homework club, the seniors, there's all sorts. The stuff I do, which Bill mentioned before, at breakfast club. So if you want to get involved in that, if you work flexibly, have the chance on Tuesday morning, like people talking about, you know, spending time listening to people do come and speak to me. If you're interested in working in Brixton Prison at all, either once a month on Sunday morning or do Alpha on Tuesday evening or just welcoming prison leavers into the church. So that doesn't, that just involves being at church but being a friendly phrase. Mentoring prisons that we heard about, mentoring as well. Do come and speak to me as well. Um, Can I get Sarah to pray and, for us? Yeah, Sarah, Sarah, do pray. Sorry, put you on the Oh Lord, we just thank you um, so much for the heart of the people in this room, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, that that's so much of the heart of what you had. You, you when you mm. walked on earth, Lord, you looked for those people that were on the margins, Lord. Yeah. And your heart was so much for them. You were their champion, and mm. I just pray in some small way that we would be able to be the champion of uh, the people in the fringes and the margins. Yes. Lord, I just pray that you would give us hearts that don't want to kind of look out to what um, we can do as a bigger. Uh, picture in like we want to do that as well but give us hearts personal hearts that want to make that, those small little changes lord for um those people i'm sure we can think of so many people that we know lord that are less advantaged um, mm. than us and i just pray that you would yeah give us a heart for those type of people we just thank you so much mm. for rob we thank you for his um vulnerability lord i had the great pleasure of um uh, Lord, just spending an afternoon, and he's just so vulnerable with his um, clients, Lord. And we just, yeah, mm. we just thank you so much for his heart and the way that you've completely changed his life, um, and given him a heart for those people, Lord. And we just, yeah, thank you for all the work that he does. And I just pray, Lord, where he gives out so much, Lord, we can't imagine the stories that he's holding and the heartache that he must be carrying. Um, I just pray that you would just fill him up and mm. restore him every time that he gives out I just pray that you would be just filling him with yourself Lord um, we just thank you so much for him and uh, yeah we look to him as an example and um, I just pray Lord that we would just go out with fire in our bellies mm. Lord, to really think about how we can make those small differences to um, to the people that we should be loving mm. Amen, Amen. Amen.